Welcome to Work is Good, a CSM podcast. My name is Landon Buto, and I host the show with my dad, Chris Buto, the owner and president at CSM. Today's episode is a conversation we had with Jordan and Austin Carter. They're brothers who run a farmer's insurance agency together. As you'll hear, they're in the process of growing and moving from being the primary producers themselves at their agency. You'll hear a little bit about their story and the sales principles that got them to where they are right now, as well as the things they're thinking through as they look to grow their agency and step back from some of the sales roles themselves and looking to focus on supporting their staff and growing the business in other ways. Please enjoy today's conversation, and remember that if you're interested in working with CSM to get a mortgage, go to clevelandstreet.com. Jordan Austin, thanks for joining us. Um, I'll let you guys go ahead and just kind of kick us off with an intro of who you guys are, what you're doing, and a little bit about what your story is here. Yeah, my name's Austin. Uh, This is my older brother, Jordan. We've been in business for, well, I've been in the insurance business for eight years, uh, and you've been in the business for... Coming on 13 in July. Coming on 13 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, We did our own, we had our own agency for uh, first six years of my career. We had our separate agencies. Okay. Then back in 2020, um, during COVID, we we purchased a third agency. And at that time, we took our two locations, brought them under one roof, took our staff, consolidated yeah. everything. What got you both into insurance? Hmm. That's a good question. I went to Whitworth um, College in Spokane, graduated in 2008. When I graduated, my uncle, my dad's brother, was in the business. Uh, over in Spokane, and I knew I wanted to go into business. I, I did a lot of um, medical device and pharmaceutical ride-alongs with sales and co- different companies in Seattle, and uh, I determined after doing a few of those that wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the long and the short of it is that my brother-in-law at the time, uh, John, who's no longer in the business, he was a district manager for farmers uh, out of Federal Way. And when I was doing all these interviews in the medical device and pharmaceutical industry, he kept calling me saying, hey, you should interview and uh, get into the insurance business. And at the time, I knew our mutual friend, uh, Andrew uh, Callen. Yeah. And uh, Andrew was in the business with John at Farmers. And uh, my brother-in-law said, come on, come on. And I kept telling him, no, no, no. And then uh, the other stuff didn't work out. And I called John and said, hey, uh, is that is that still on the table? Yeah. And so, um, last resort. Last resort. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ends up being the thing that you're still doing 13 yeah. years later. Yeah. That's you know, great. yeah, love yeah. those stories. Yeah, and sometimes you don't know which direction you're going, but God does, and yeah. so you follow along, and and that's what happened. So here I am, 13 years later. Love what I do. Um, every other day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoy working with people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy developing people. Uh, the staff that we have are great, um, and the insurance industry. Keep tapping the table. <laughs> oh, and the the the, the, the insurance industry is uh, just you know recession proof too, which you don't really know when you get into the business. Yeah. Uh, but then you start to understand, um, you know, despite the economy and what happens, people still have to get insurance and they got to pay their bill. Not optional. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I, I talked a little bit about that with my business as well because it's, it's not in the same structurally, you know, structural way. Yeah. Recession proof, but it's been functionally recession proof. So, yeah. Because historically, and I got in the business, you know, first in 95, every time the economy went through a downturn, you know, the Fed responds by lowering interest rates and then people start refinancing. And so when 
you know, when realtors were crashing out of the business because there was nothing happening, you know, I was able to stay in business because people are at least refinancing, you know, yeah. and so it's a, it's a huge thing. You know, it is, it's, yeah. It's a huge thing because, you know, who knows, we could be looking at another one, you know, here in the next few years and, and it's just good to know when you have, you know, that kind of business. Yeah. 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 Feels good. Yeah. So how long ago did you guys merge together? 2020. Okay. Yeah. And what's kind of the timeline been since then? Has it been steady growth or challenge or what's what's it been since then? It's been steady growth. Yeah. Challenges since, along the way. Yeah. Since coming together, uh, we've had two of our best years ever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which shows the power of numbers and we're fortunate enough to get along with each other <laughs> as friends yeah. and business partners. Which you tell a lot of people that, and they're like, "You went into business with your brother, yeah. <laughs> you know?" And yeah. God willing, it yeah. continues, and uh, it's been really good. Yeah, partnerships are usually uh, well; they're always either born in heaven or born in hell. Yeah. And this one yeah. so far is born in heaven, so we'll count our blessings. Yeah, yeah. yeah I had um, my business partner was my um, college roommate, and um, yeah, prince of a guy, and. You know, we, we never spent a penny on, on legal fees, on anything. We just kind of, you know, shook hands and off we went. And, uh, you know, 11 years later, I bought him out because, you know, it was after the crash. And he didn't really need to work. I did. And um, so, I you know, I bought him out. The only thing we ever thought about was the HB12C calculator. You know? That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He wanted both of them, you know. <laughs> So, uh, Which tells uh, a lot about who you go into business yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. Still love him to death. And, yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right though. I've heard you hear all the horror stories, and, and uh, yeah, usually it's kind of like jobs. You know, I talk about you know, guys who who are you know have jobs where they're always gone or something like that. And I'm always like, no, it's, it's, it's usually more about the guy than it is about the job. Yeah. You know, and I think the same way with partnership. You know, it's not really about the essence of the partnership, it's about the essence of the man, you know? Yeah. And so, it's cool to see you work yeah. together. Yeah, and the brother thing's cool. I mean, we we were friends as, as brothers, right, before business. Yeah. So we knew, to an extent, what we were getting ourselves into. Um, and I, I would honestly say it's been pretty smooth sailing. Yeah. I mean, it's, we had to get sign off from our better halves yeah. before we went into business, yeah. but that was easy. and. Ever since it's been great. Yeah, so, yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I imagine for you guys, it, a lot of your thought goes into sales and business development. Mm -hmm. um, has that has that been a big part of the last couple of years of your growth? Um, how you think about that and what your approach is on that? Um, and then, well, you know, what is what what is your thought process when it comes to how do we grow our business? What are the primary things you're thinking about? Is it marketing? Is it dialing up a sales team? Mm -hmm. um, what what's your approach there? Yeah, uh, all the above. Uh, when we first got into the business, we did well. We succeeded. Um, you know, as our own agents or in our own agencies, uh, there were times where we had one staff person, and there were times where we had zero staff people. Right. And you, we managed to sell, right? Yeah. Uh, we know a lot of people. Yeah. We know how to network. Yeah. You know, but that's I think where most insurance brokers or in most uh, agencies yeah. hit their ceiling. Yeah. Is they do it on their own. They're rock star salespeople, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to be a business owner, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think you maybe see that in a lot of industries. Right. It's like, hey, I can make every single achievement club 
until I can't. <laughs> right. And then you start to you know regress uh, or digress. So um, Jordan and I, when we came together, we said, "Hey, how do we replicate ourselves? Like we have to. Mm-hmm. You can't just have the customer service person, which is very helpful with servicing with renewals. But we had we had to replicate, which is when we brought Grant. Yeah. Grant in, um, and then we brought Jordan Anchor in, another producer. Uh, and then we, you know, we, we've hired a couple people since then. Some have worked, some haven't. Um, but in order to scale, mm-hmm. we knew that we couldn't do it on our own. Right. Because then we'd start going backwards, which you see with a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of agencies. So right. God has been really kind to us over the last few years, and um, you know, bringing people to our agency that fit fit our culture, who are on board with what we're trying to do, and yeah. um, it's been a it's been a really good two years. Yeah. You can wear all the hats, but just not forever. Yeah. Right. For a for a time. Yeah. And then there's eventually a diminishing return on that because you just. Yeah. So what are you training those guys to do well? That that's driving you for. What are you replicating? What is it? You know, the, mm-hmm. the personal networking. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is it cold calls or what? What are you replicating? Yeah. There's different funnels of business that we kind of focus on for the guys, right? Austin and I primarily now are working more on commercial insurance and we've got different sources of leads uh, where we get that business from but on the personal side for the guys uh, it comes in in different waves there's internet leads right which you can purchase online right uh, people that are clicking on a banner ad on ESPN.com yeah and it says get an insurance quote here and they click it and most people when they click that they don't know that that information necessarily is going to go to right. five different agents right. so when you call them they say geez, I thought I was going to get my yeah. quote by clicking this button. Right. And then you just have to remind them the internet doesn't work like that anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you put your phone number in, know what you're, know what yeah. the information right. is you're putting in the computer. Yeah. So we do a lot of internet leads okay. um, for them. Grant focuses uh, primarily on his professional uh, relationships mm-hmm. in terms of referral partners. So mortgage brokers, real estate, CPAs, um, anything professional. As you guys know, right, when those clients come across the desk, um, they want to pay attention to the details a little bit more, and they're appreciative of that relationship. Mm -hmm. So you've got the internet leads, you've got the professional network, and then you've really got the book of business. As Austin said, uh, we've been blessed to build our businesses over the last, you know, seven, eight, and 13 years, respectively. And then as we brought those together and bought a third agency in 2020, um, our book of business now, there's... There's over probably 1,200 households that we have, uh, families rather, that we wow. insure. And in the in those households, you've got people buying homes, you've got people um, you know, in a situation where they have a need for life insurance or they wanna buy an umbrella policy, right? So if they get sued, they're covered. And so nurturing the current book of business is an ongoing funnel, if you will. There's a lot of opportunity there to help people out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So. Talk about the internet leads a little bit. Mm-hmm. If those are kind of a pillar to, to you guys growing, how have you gotten better at executing on those, on finding the right leads and, and converting them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, it's really easy for a lot of agencies or brokers or producers to, uh, they get an internet lead and they say, oh, that's garbage, right? Mm-hmm. I want I want a different vendor. I want a different yeah. uh, lead type, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but really, like we over the years, we've identified that all internet leads fall into the same bucket. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you know, if you get 10 internet leads from EverQuote versus Quote Wizard versus, you know, all leads, uh, your closing ratio is going to be pretty similar. You know, mm -hmm. so that's one of the barriers we have to get these guys to break through mm -hmm. is not giving up too early. Your salespeople. Your salespeople. Yeah. 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 You know, when they start working the leads, they're pretty discouraged. Yeah. They come out and say, no yeah. one's answering. Yeah. No one's answering their phone. They go, well, they will answer eventually because uh, we've been there, we've done that. Right. You know, uh, or hey, they gave me a fake email, or they're, yeah. they said that they're paying X amount. It's like, well, no, they're not because that's not realistic. Yeah. Um, so there's so many different barriers you have to get through. Uh, but Jordan, he's been working primarily on internet leads. He's done really well with them. Like, and it's being able to get them on the phone and collect as much information as you can on the very first phone call, mm. build rapport. And if I can speak on rapport for just two seconds, like that is instrumental in our business, as it is probably with you guys. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of times these people who are calling in for uh, a quote or people that we're calling, mm. they're not used to being on their phone, right? right. That's just a generational thing. Yeah. Like, right. But when you do build rapport with them, they don't even know what that word means, but they go, they do like it. Yeah. It's magnetic. Yeah. Wow, yeah. this broker is yeah. asking me questions. Yeah. He's asking me when I got married. Yeah. He's asking me where I like to eat in Lake Stevens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They they like that. And so that's one thing we drive home is you need to build rapport. Mm. And I know that's so basic and you know, every company probably says that yeah. to an extent, but I don't think every company actually does it. Mm. Um, so when you're able to build rapport, I think that already puts you one step above the rest. Yeah. Because uh, Geico is not building rapport, Progressive is right. yeah. not. No. Yeah. They're giving you a price, right? You know, and if they're ninety a month and we're one ten a month, but we know what your favorite restaurant is, to me that's worth two hundred and forty dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To know you by your first and last name. Uh, yeah, and I mean, just having gone through like the home buying, home insurance process, I'm clueless about insurance and, and what I need, and and mm -hmm. I I just have a sense that. Like this, this could be speaking speaking our approach to to, to what we're doing mm -hmm. as well into it. But thinking back to actually the the thoughts I was having, it was like, okay, I can, you know, someone who I actually relate with versus just this price. Like there was an actual, even if I didn't consciously think through it, that's why I'm choosing it. It was yeah. just a a magnet, like you said, you're drawn to it. Yeah, and who you work with matters. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Who you work yeah. with matters. And people have, uh, it's not a word, right? Commoditized, but the insurance world and, and maybe mortgage, right, has become to a lot of people just a commodity. I can get it anywhere, whenever, however I want to. And that may be true, but your experience in getting it and then maintaining it and then getting proper service when you have an issue with it is different uh, between who you work with and how you get that product. Yeah, and, and actually, yeah, I, I, mean, I think your you know your your hesitation is, is warranted there because it, it has been you know commoditized, but it's not a commodity. No. You know, because there yeah. are very substantive differences between getting it from, like you said, who you get it from, getting it from farmers or getting it from Geico, you know, or from Clayton Street Mortgage or Bank of America. You know, it it, it really is. It, it, it there's a lot that goes into your end result 
that will differ between one lender and the next. It's not like you know, I'm, I'm buying an ounce of silver, you know, and, and whatever the lowest price is, it's still an ounce of whatever grade silver you're, you know. I don't know what I'm talking about mm -hmm. here, but. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. so, so you know, it, 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 unfortunately, you're right that it, it, it is shopped as a commodity, but it's not a commodity, you know, and, and there are substantive differences. You know, that I remember I told my dad, you know, when I bought my house in 2019, yeah. my dad, he grows up in a different generation. He wants <laughs> to look everything over with yeah. a, you know, fine-tooth comb. And did I overpay for my, my, my loan? <laughs> Maybe. But I also got the house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. My lender wrote the pre-approval letter on a Saturday afternoon, sent right. it to my realtor. You know, offers were being reviewed Sunday night at that time. Mm -hmm. So we got them the letter. It was a 21-day close. My lender was on vacation at the time, but got the letter to the realtor and I got the house. Yeah. Right? I was right. in Disney World with Jordan when I got the when I got the phone call. Uh, but I got the house. Yeah. Did I overpay in fees by fifteen hundred dollars? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But how can you actually say that? Right. 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 Yeah. Same thing applies yeah. with insurance. You know, your house burns down. Your buddy gets in a car accident. Uh, did you actually overpay? I don't know. Yeah. Right. It's a really hard. <laughs> yeah. Thing to quantify. Yeah. Sometimes. Which falls yeah. into yeah. the price. You can't quantify that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I think with both, both of both of those industries, you know, everyone knows that people make decisions emotionally, not like purchasing mm -hmm. decisions emotionally, not intellectually, primarily. And, but especially with, with those two where you, where you can't even begin to understand if you have all the facts or how the facts compare. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious, I'm kind of driving this because yeah. we, you, you know, we're, we're in a time where content marketing and media is the big thing. And that's where my, my focus is in a sense. Um, but I've always been a little bit curious about like internet leads for us. And, and so I'm curious how, you know, how are you doing that well? Um, like, like practically speaking, are mm. there, are you training if you're, if it is sales calls, like how are you quickly building rapport on those? Um, because I, in theory, it makes sense to me in terms of content marketing, you know, you're putting a brand out there, people see it. Um, how can you do that quickly? On One thing that's been huge for us, and I don't know if your mind was going here, but the last two years, uh, role play. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I was wondering about. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You know, we, Austin and I, um, try to sign up for anything that we see that's beneficial, right? Uh, third party service, sales training or whatever. And we went back to Miami a couple of years ago and, and visited with Grant Cardone um, and his, we did a sales workshop and flew back there for a few days. And uh, those guys could not talk enough about the importance of role play, mm. right? It's practice. Um, yeah, it's practice. Yeah. It's one thing to sit there with your guys and say, hey, you should have said this or you should have said this. But if your guy looks at you and says, as a manager and says, Hey, can we role play that? And you say, "Oh, I don't, I don't know how to do that." But I was just telling you what I would have said on the call. You lose credibility. Right. But if you get out there in the lobby with your sales guy and say, "Hey, yeah, ten minutes, let's role play this back and forth," uh, people learn really well that way, mm -hmm. right? You got to put, you got to put yourselves and put them in real situations where, when when a question's asked on the phone, you you don't give them a layup. You get, you say, "Hey, I'm not interested." Right? What would you say to that? Right, go back and forth, right. do it two or three times over. Yeah, I think for Jordan and I, that's uh, 
somewhat foreign, the importance of that. Because yeah. I think there are some people it comes naturally, right? We can talk our way out of anything or any, into anything. Right. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know yeah. if it's good or bad. Right. But, but, <laughs> but role play isn't as, as uh, doesn't play as significant of a role for people like Jordan and I. Sure. Um, like I said, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad. But if you were to ask Grant or Jordan, the other Jordan, mm. what's the one thing that has you know, made this significantly easier. Mm. I guarantee you they'd say role play. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, two minutes. Let's talk about role play. Sell me life insurance, right? Mm. I'm, uh, I just bought a new house. Sell me life insurance, right? Two minutes. And it's, it's awkward at first. Yeah, panicky. It, it's kind of panicky, yeah. awkward, but it gets, you know, because we've, we've seen every question that comes in. We've seen every objection that, right. that comes in. So right. you role play enough, eventually you're going to go, I know what to say, Chris. Yeah. You think you got me, but you don't. Yeah. We just role played this. Um, so I think that has been huge, um, not just for internet leads, but for, for networking with lenders, realtors, networking with your current book, um, role plays. Yeah, and I, uh, I read something the other day, and I'll just share it, and it'll kind of be a segue, to, I guess, to my next point, but um, I, uh, I thought this was really interesting, and you guys being in business profession and, and sales, I think you'll um, you'll probably un- understand this and be able to relate to this. People buy from you for three different reasons, right? One of three reasons. Their current situation has become intolerable. Chances for a desired outcome are higher with you than without you, or they like you. And that old saying, right, of people do business landing with who? People they like. And know and trust, yeah. right? It's true. Uh, and so one of the things that you know we learned in that sales training a couple years ago too was you got to put people at ease, mm. right? We we live in an environment, especially Seattle, so fast paced that when you get someone on the phone, they don't know you, they don't trust you. Um, so how do you and you know assuming they weren't referred by a strong family member or friend, how do you build rapport? But then how do you put people at ease when they have perceived um, uh, issues on the phone? Right, you gotta whatever whatever is causing them to be anxious or uh, nervous throughout the process of talking with you. Put them at ease always, and lay out the next step in the process. Right at all times. There's a saying that they mentioned at the sales training a couple years ago, and that was, "Confused minds always find failure." And if you think about that, not just in business and in sales, but in life, if we don't know the answer to something in the process of a transaction or in the process of buying something, we don't want to move forward. Right. Right. And so the failure and confused minds always find failure is failure is maybe just not moving forward with you. So as we're talking to these internet leads, we can't let them be confused on the phone about anything during the whole process. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That was super. And I'm sure closely related to kind of role play is scripting, right? I mean, that's, yeah. you know, I've, I've found that, yeah, for years. And I you know, tell you about how we started our business, my business partner. Um, neither of us had any mortgage experience to speak of. I had a tiny bit. You know, I came out of, I was in the finance side. I started out director of finance, mortgage brokerage division of a bank. Mm-hmm. That was a CPA. I went from public accounting to director of finance. And then I started loan origination within the bank. Within two years, I started a mortgage company with my buddy who had zero mortgage experience. <laughs> And, and for years, you know, we, we just 
you know, we kind of poo-pooed all the coaching and all that stuff. We just said, okay, we're just going to do a great job with that one client in front of us, and we're just going to build it that way. You know, that's all we really knew. And, and, and it wasn't until years later, years later, decades later, that I ever kind of really encountered my first coaching. You know, people mm. had done it before, and, and there was so much low-hanging fruit in my professional development because I just never really stopped to say, okay, who's doing this really great, and, and you know, who can I learn from? And, and then you realize that, you know, because you can get this mindset of scripting, role play, it's inauthentic, right? And that's kind of, you feel like, hey, I'm not, I'm not being real. But the reality is you're just thinking ahead of time of how to engage people Correct. with what they want to know about mm -hmm. and how to make them comfortable with you asking those questions. And, and, and that's been huge, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really been huge. And I've recently, you know, through this kind of little bit of slowdown, I've had to rededicate myself and really for the first time really get into very disciplined prospecting. Mm -hmm. and, and I love the scripting, you know, because it, it really does help you ask the right questions of clients to just get them to engage with you. It's you scripting don't, for their sake, yeah, for their... Yeah, that's right, um, yeah. You guys ask questions? You don't just get on the phone and talk to them about yeah, the yeah. best mortgage hey, products you have? Yeah, we get the lowest rates. <laughs> You know, we'll close on time, and you know they go, yeah, thanks, I got one. You know, and that's a very fast conversation. You know, and if instead, you know, you, you, you just, you know, it's kind of like you talk about, you know, you start to engage them, build rapport with them, and and you know, eventually, if you just, because because it's it's to your point, people know, like, and trust. In, in our business, it's getting an opportunity to sit down with them for 15 minutes. Yeah. Because because we, you know, we are genuine people. You know, we, we, we have a good product, you know, we have a good service to offer and, and we're, you know, we can convey that in a face-to-face -face meeting. Once they get over that, then it's just a function of the right opportunity, meeting, you know, you know meeting with, mm -hmm. with, you know, with the right time and, and so, yeah. All and right stuff. now for them it would be just finding the right house, right, or right. buying the second with, house. Or usually it's us with, you know, we're, we're calling them realtors. Okay, know? yeah. I mean, yeah, I call them my database, yeah, I have, yeah. You know, I have 400 past clients in my database, but I'm calling on realtors Absolutely. You know, to build those leverage relationships. And those are the ones that you, you want to sit down with and, and get them to say, you know what, you've, you've got a lot to offer. I, I can feel really confident referring you. And 15, 20 minutes usually will, you know, will, will do that. That's the know? trick. Yeah, being in yeah. front of people, getting them to know you better and feel more confident referring you. you know? yeah. so. What's the, uh, if I may ask a question, yeah. what's the most important thing for you guys um, I mean, it's the answer is different. I assume with every real estate agent, but would you say with most agents, it's more about the education, or is it about speed at, at which you work, or is it yeah, most, hybrid? The, the most frequently cited, you know, it's it's communication and closing on time. Okay. Yeah, you because know, realtors, you know, what, brokers right now are about twenty five percent market share. So the vast majority of what they're working with are the big box banks, institutions, call center lenders. Sure. And when you're dealing with a call center lender, you know, you, you know, your borrower goes into their system and they're just crossing their fingers until closing day and that's when they next hear from them. You know, is, you know, they, I mean, they, they almost hear nothing between mm -hmm. then and the end of the process and they just have no idea if they're going to close on time, what's going on. And, and so it's really important for them. Communication is super important to them. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's something we, we have to overdo. 
Yeah. You know, and so we'll, we have a regular day every week that we're checking on everybody in the pipeline, all the parties in the pipeline, just updating. Even if nothing's happened, yeah. they know you're working on it. Yeah, because if they hear nothing, then their fears start to, you know, go, okay, are they working on it or, you know, what's happening? So we'll call, even if nothing's changed, we'll go, hey, nothing's changed, we're still on track, everything's good. So, so communication is huge with them. Mm-hmm. And, and then just closing, you know, closing on time, that's, that's really important to them because, you know, you, you, your client's earnest money is at risk, it's, you know, it's important. So yeah. those are usually the things they want. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll wrap up with a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're as you're growing, as you're looking to continue to refine what you have, um, where's your focus? We'll keep it just kind of sales related. Where's your focus for next step to improve on your business development, mm. training, new new business development paths? Yeah, I think we're we're always looking to grow um, with our staff. Right, I think that's what what most agencies would say, but it's finding the right person to fit our culture. Um, so we want to be slow with our next hire, but we do need you know another producer. Um, and why, like, is it just a function? Your ability to grow as a function of how many calls you can make or how many relationships they have, professional relationships. Why yeah. is that your focus? For mm-hmm. I think as our business continues to grow, Jordan and I have to take a little bit of a backseat mm-hmm. with the sales role. You know, we're working more so on the business right. than in the business, right. um, which has its pros and cons. You know, we enjoy mm-hmm. working on the business, but um, we're not able to pick up the phone as much as we once were, right? So we're having to get comfortable with <laughs> not selling as much as we maybe once did. And we haven't quite experienced that yet, but we're realizing we're we're hitting capacity on our own, um, you know, with payroll, with our building, with finding a new office, hiring, firing. Although no one's getting fired if our staff listens <laughs> yeah. to this. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and so it's finding someone to take a little bit of the the load off of our shoulders, mm-hmm. um, so that we can continue to grow. And yeah. I think for this next season, we've talked about it. Like, we want to have sustainable growth. Um, you know, for the first few right. years, it's Don't how grow too fast. how fast can we grow to the very top? And um, you know, we also have our, our marriages. We have soon to be families. Yeah. Jordan has a family, yeah. uh, which is more important, obviously, right. than the business. So we're trying to keep everything in check and not uh, go a million miles an hour. But how can we just stay at sixty five in the <laughs> in the right lane and um, and keep moving forward? because uh, a lot of agencies get to a point where they start moving backwards um, and that's not what we want and so in order for us to do that we need to find yeah um, need to find more staff who yeah. who are willing to step into this culture because it's unique you know it's not for everyone but um, we've, we've had a lot of fun with it along the way yeah so tell, tell me um, what are the you know so kind of a two-part question what are the essential qualities of the right person that you guys are looking for, you know, first from the perspective of just being an insurance sales person, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. and then secondly being a Carter insurance salesperson. There you go. That's yeah. a good question. Um, an insurance salesperson, I would say, the ability to effectively communicate with people, and um, and grit, being able to put in the. Not necessarily hours, but hours and calls. Yeah. 
right? The old saying is, don't focus on the activities, right? Or focus on the activities, not, not the, the results, yeah. right? Yeah. Remember that, Chris? Yeah. And, and uh, that's just a timeless thing, Yeah. right? The results will come. So if we can get a person on the insurance sales side of your question that is uh, knows how to communicate with people, knows they're not afraid of people or can talk to anyone, and they know how to work, we can teach them teach the rest right. but it's really hard to teach uh, effective communication uh, for somebody right. I mean you can give them all the scripts in the world and those help um, but the ability to read the room if you will on the phone or in person mm. well uh, what you said right there is on the phone I think being willing and able to pick up the phone yeah there you go yeah uh, is gonna be your number one yeah. and then it's being surprisingly big hurdle right it's a big yeah. hurdle yeah yeah, someone yeah. willing to do the hard things, I guess. Right, yeah, and right. All in. We've hired a few people over the years. You know, hey, did you call him? Did you call Chris? He's closing on his new house. Well, I texted him. Yeah. He hasn't texted me back. Well, why don't you pick up the phone, time. Yeah. give him a call, <laughs> and you'll be surprised yeah. at, at what the outcome might be. Yeah. And then just being teachable yeah. is the other. That's actually good. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if you come in set in your own ways, you're going to fail. Right. You know, we don't know everything, but we've also skinned our knees enough to know what you should and shouldn't do. Um, so having just a teachable spirit mm. goes goes a really long ways um, just in, in life, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, specifically in, in our agency. Yeah, yeah and I would say, um, and, that, and that teachable spirit is kind of on the Carter agency side yeah. of, of your question. Yeah. And I would say what goes along with that is, um, you know, we're, we're people of faith, obviously. Yeah. Our faith, you know, is really important to us. It's not a prerequisite that someone comes in here and is, is a person of faith in the same exact way. Um, but I would say that aside from faith, we need someone that values outside of work uh, the things that are important to us because that does, there is spillover there, right? right? So if your family is not important to you and partying is important to you or, or doing whatever, yeah. um, that's really hard to separate from your work environment. And so uh, keeping the main thing the main thing, whatever your main thing is, it's got to be something that we value too because um, we're like family here. Yep. So that yep. matters. Yeah, we used to, my, my business partner, I used to tell people, you know, when they came came to work, he said, look, you know, we're, we're, we're a couple of Jesus freaks. <laughs> so, you know, you don't have to be to come work for us, but just understand that, you know, that you'll see us praying, you'll see us doing all kinds of things, and as long as you're comfortable with that, you know, you don't have to be a believer to work here, but you have to understand that that's what you're going to see and be around. And that's so, well said. If that doesn't bother you, then we'd love to have you. You know, they didn't have to be believers. And we had believers and non-believers work with us, you know. And, just have John and, 15 memorized by Monday. Yeah. You don't have to be oil. You just have to look like yeah, oil. Yeah. yeah, if you're water, though. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, That's guys. Good. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Landon. Yeah. Of course. That was so, fun. Appreciate it. I, I want to close with this. This won't make it on the podcast because yeah. Landon's sick of hearing this. I, That's I, okay. I share this with you know with, with everybody. But I I really um, you know I'm not a big you know kind of a life first guy, but I do have a business mm. life first. And it's, you know it comes from Ecclesiastes eleven four six. And it's for salespeople. Mm. You know um, and you know it says that you know he who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. Mm -hmm. In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. And it's just wow. like so 
perfect. You know, for, for me as a salesman, it's like, okay, fear. Mm-hmm. You know, fear stops you from doing mm-hmm. the only thing that you can control, which is the activity, you know? Yeah, don't and, be an you know, observer. And, and then, then it's God's providence, you know? God, God controls everything, you know? And then it's the activity, you know? It, you know? You do the activity and then you have the confidence that one or the other is gonna prosper. You know, it's like you said, you know, focus on the activity. You know, just do the activity and God will provide the results, you know? And, and so I just, I, you know, every morning now, I have, you know, have a blocked out calendar, nine to 11 is my sales calls, and they're different themes every day, and I will recite that verse, you know, to myself in the morning just to say, you know, this is not really optional. Yeah. This is my job, you know, is to sow seeds. This is what God calls me to do, and I'm just gonna do it. It feels, you know, awkward, but. Yeah. Just do it. Uh, one thing to add to that, you know, and I like that you shared that because that, that makes me think of the old uh, quote that I read a few years back, many years back actually, which was, don't ask God to direct your steps if you're not willing to move your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Get right. busy. Right. Get going. Do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. our grandpa was a pastor for many years um, in Redmond. And one of the things he said when I was in junior high, and I'll never forget it, was he said, uh, you know, God made the world in six days. He was busy. Yeah. He yeah. didn't sit around much. Right. So get to it. Right. Right. Good good words. Yeah. 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 Thanks for listening to Work is Good. If you enjoyed it, share it with someone else, leave a review and listen next week.